Welcome to the NextGen Work Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Ross. I help leaders support working parents so that they can recruit and retain the best people. Join me as I interview experts and provide insights into the struggles that parents and caregivers face in the workplace. Learn how your business can become a place where parents feel included, supported, and valued. Being a family-friendly business isn't just a nice-to-have anymore. For the next generation and those that are raising them, it is critical. So welcome back to the Next Gen Work Culture. Today, I'm talking with Nicole Ratcliffe, a sleep specialist from the UK. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me, Courtney. <laughs> so before we dive into talking about sleep, can you just tell us a little more about you and your family? How old are your kiddos? So uh, I'm married and I have two beautiful little girls. Um, they're three and seven, nearly seven, nearly, nearly eight and four can't believe how time goes so fast um and um yeah that's that's me really I've got two wonderful children that have challenged me over the years uh, <laughs> so much so that this is where my passion is now uh, yeah. through the adventures of sleep deprivation and torture <laughs> in the nicest possible way you learn that love really is unconditional <laughs> yes yes through all of the sleepless nights and <laughs> yeah I can relate so um what was their sleep like when you were you know in the trenches like when they were tiny <sighs> did you really struggle with that because you so, haven't always been a sleep specialist right I absolutely have not um <laughs> interestingly before I had my child I worked helping people within the workplace look after their health better so there's always been an element for me about trying to help people um, something that's just inbuilt within me and massively a, a huge passion of mine. Um, but then I had my little girl back in 2016 and as much as the antenatal classes decided to say to me, they want babies sleep all the time, they neglected to say that as an adult, you will not physically be able to cope with being up every single hour and for long stretches because you need a four-hour block yourself, which you will not get. They neglected to say that. They neglected to say that you and your partner will disagree and you will be tired and you will argue. And they had failed to prepare us for this adventure of I can't even say what type of adventure it actually was because it really wasn't that fun. Um, it was a, no, it's really it, not. It was a mission. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, a lack of sleep is almost like a, a form of torture, right? It, it literally it is, is a form of to, like, literally get is. information out of Yeah. Absolutely. And you're not prepared for that. Everyone tells you, like, oh, you won't sleep. And, like, yeah, you, you know that. Go again. But I don't feel like yeah. anything could really prepare you for, like, if, especially if you have a really bad sleeping baby, like oh, really it went on. <laughs> yeah, the, the frustrating thing is is how long it lasted, and um, every time we felt like we got a glimmer of hope because we did something, we faced a new challenge. And even when I was actually a practicing sleep consultant, and I was actually, you know, I'd done training and everything, I was like really educating. I was helping other people. I was still facing battles with my eldest that I wasn't prepared for and didn't know how to to fix. 
Um, so I've just literally constantly studied and studied and studied over the years because of my own dilemmas personally. <laughs> um, yeah. But luckily that means that I've been able to take that forward and help other people. <laughs> yes, and that's that's great that like you had a problem, you know, you figured out how to solve it for yourself, but now you're helping others, you know. I love it. Try to not struggle quite as much. I feel like sleep is yes. always going to be somewhat of a struggle, but you can like get it tackled a little bit earlier in life and like kind of be prepared and know what you're doing. That certainly is helpful. <laughs> You've exactly hit the nail on the head though. It's that being prepared and knowing what you're doing. The thing that I think is missing it within the parenting world full stop is the evidence and teaching parents from a very early stage what the reality is and why certain things happen and how to get better sleep and how to support the child. That is missing from word go. And that is what needs yeah. to change rather than relying on the internet or all the people around them talking about the fact that their friends have got babies that sleep well and just try this, just try that, just try the other, which you sit there and you go, you think I've not? <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. told me to try it. I tried it. My parents have been on at me for trying it. I've tried it. Do you really think I'm not that desperate? <laughs> right, I yeah. tried it all. <laughs> yeah. And it is never helpful for somebody else to just tell you like, oh, well, my baby sleeps great. Good for you. <laughs> now leave me alone. <laughs> Go away. Go away. Yeah. Yeah, that's never helpful. <laughs> so obviously it's a struggle for, for parents and we could get into that. But as a a business owner or a manager, if I have parents who are struggling with, you know, their baby's sleep, why should I care? Why does it matter to me as like, you know, a business? Oh, well, the first thing we've got to understand is the impact of what poor sleep actually has. We're not talking about a bad night's sleep. We're not talking about essays. We're talking about serious sleep deprivation, which builds up over a period of time. And this poor sleep then very easily moves into poor mental health. That severe exhaustion is poor performance in work, so the productivity is down. That chronic sleep deprivation, that can then lead them to be unsafe to even do the job that they're meant to do. And if they drive to work, they drive home from work, they're driving in their job, they become unsafe to do that. And bearing in mind, it's illegal to drive t drunk and it's illegal to drive tired. We could only prove drunk driving. Businesses are going to have to change this because Australia have developed a blood test that can detect for tiredness. So it's very Just possible... That's crazy. In just a few short years, there will be the evidence to prove if somebody is safe to drive because they've had enough sleep or not. And they are talking about it being both the driver and the employer that would be prosecuted. So there's a huge impact on why businesses need to start taking this much more seriously. And it's not even just the prosecution. At the end of the day, people are leaving the workforce in their Rounds. We're looking just in the UK alone, we're looking at 54,000 new mums every single year leave the workforce because they are not supported, they are burnt out, they are not getting the flexible working that they need, they just cannot 
physically and mentally cope and they are not supported to do their job. That's a huge waste of talent. Yeah. And it is talent. And it costs the business a lot of money by not investing in that talent. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, that's not just happening in the UK, obviously. You know, it's like all over. Moms are leaving course in droves and you know what can we do to to support them and keep them and retain them because retaining the employees you already have is way cheaper and like more efficient than having to hire new ones absolutely because you don't just lose that staff and have to pay for the recruitment costs you it upsets the staff morale you've mm-hmm. then got to actually get them up to speed on the job that they're doing they've got to catch up and you know oh it, it, they literally lose months you know, I don't know what the stats are over there, but in the UK, it's about fifteen thousand pounds to it costs to recruit somebody as an average. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I've the stats that I gave it's... you before of the fifty-four thousand—that's only because I have them for the UK. But I know worldwide, it's it's a it's a, it's a worldwide yeah. problem. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard that it's something like two or three times of somebody's salary in order to replace them, like to hire and train somebody new. Wow. Yeah. Really. So as a business, what could I do or what could a business do to help support moms and dads who are struggling with sleep? The first thing they need to do is actually open their ears and have that conversation and listen to what somebody is struggling with. And rather than fob it off as, oh, it's just a bad night's sleep or just try this, just try that, acknowledge first that this person is really struggling don't do what my manager did in my old job and just say, well, if you're that tired, maybe you shouldn't be in work then. Because that doesn't actually help that person because they go, oh, they're going to fire me because I'm not safe to do my job. They say I shouldn't be in. So they get their back up and they don't start admitting what's going on. They don't tell you the truth. So we need to straight away have an honest, open communication right from the get-go of, you know, Let's find out what we can do to support you. Whether it be that 15 minutes a day for that person, that mum, that dad, to go off and have just 15 minutes to just be them. No phones, no people, no children, no work, nothing. To just do whatever it is they need to do. A bit of self-care for 15 minutes to escape. That can make the world's difference. Finding out what it is that this person needs. If they finish work at five o'clock and then they spend half an hour, 45 minutes stuck in rush hour traffic, they're picking up a baby from nursery, you know, and they're absolutely shattered by the end of the day. They're not getting any time with this baby um, or their child and they're rushing them to bed and then they're up all night. Actually, is it better to allow that person to finish an hour earlier to not get stuck in the rush hour traffic to get home and spend some time with that child, connect, rebond, you know, put things into, you know, connect just, oh, and just have some time so nothing is rushed. So by the time they get their child to bed, they go into bed happy and there's less stress. And actually maybe they can make that hour up in the evening rather than everything just being set in stone. We've got to work from this time to this time. It's all about the hours, not the productivity. Um, just small things like that can make a world of difference. Yeah, and none of those 
anything that you just said is not going to cost the business like money, right? It's just giving a little bit of extra time or giving some flexibility, like you said, maybe ending an hour earlier and then they get to work from home for an hour, like after bedtime or something. Um, like those are all free, simple, easy, small little changes that could make a absolutely huge difference for the parents. It really, really can. Um, and the other thing is, is that if it gets to the point where they're just really not sure, bring somebody in to help them. And it doesn't have, I mean, I, I, went, I did a case study last year with the business towards the end of last year. Um, and what they did is the people that were on the case study, they all did my online course for their um, child, that, depending on the age. So they're from expectant parent through to six years. And what they did is they were allowed half an hour a day for a week to go through the course. They then went away, they implemented their own plan and they started to improve sleep themselves because they had the evidence and they had a plan that they could create. And one of the people actually said to me, a job that previously had taken an hour before children was taking her three to four hours because she was that tired and she was having to get people to check her work. But after she had actually done the courses and she'd got her child to sleep, she was back to it taking an hour again. Yeah, productivity, that time saved, the quality of the work. And all they did was allow them half an hour a day for a week to actually go through an online course, create a plan and implement something to help support them to sleep better. Right. So it took like very little effort on their or time out of their work days to go through that training, um, you know, for a week and then drastically improve their productivity afterwards. Absolutely. So many things they can do. So many things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so poor sleep equates to poor memory, poor emotion regulation. Because we we talk as well about our children. They can't emo regulate their own emotions. They're so no. <laughs> But do you know what? When we're tired, if we're not sleeping, we're not getting the right type of sleep. So in our REM sleep, that is when our brain is working hard and doing all the things to help us regulate our yeah. emotions. If we're not sleeping, our ability as an adult or as a person to be able to regulate our own emotions starts to diminish. So if you think you've then got a child that is not able to manage their emotions, they're screaming at you and you're absolutely exhausted and you can't regulate your own emotions, where does that lead? Yeah. Not to, to good places. places. Not to good places. And the thing is, that still goes into work because they can then go into work and they're triggered mm -hmm. really, really easily. It doesn't take much to trigger somebody who is on edge all the time. Um, you know, the fact that if they're not sleeping, their immunity is weak. You know, mm -hmm. so they're poor so they're more likely to get ill and have time off sick. And we're not just talking about the mental health, the physical health. Sleep is so important we talk about oh i'm starving i'm so hungry what we're going to do about it we eat i'm thirsty i'll have a drink your oxygen levels are low we'll have oxygen nobody says i'm so tired i literally cannot survive if i don't have sleep but if we can't sleep if we can't breathe so we can't survive sorry if we can't breathe we can't survive if we don't eat we can't survive if we don't drink but actually, we can't survive if we don't sleep. So why are we not taking this seriously? Why are we not talking about it in the same way 
as we're talking about the other everyday functions that we need to get by. That yeah. is something that is massively missing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's kind of where we are with a lot of the issues around parenting, right? Like breastfeeding, we could be doing so much more to like normalize breastfeeding. So oh, let's yeah. normalize talking about being sleep deprived when we have infants, because pretty much everyone with an infant is. Absolutely. Instead, what we do is we have a bit of a one-upmanship. Oh, yeah. how bad was your night? Oh, well, my night was really, really bad. But actually, no, let's not talk about that. Let's not have a competition. Right. It's not a good thing to be this tired. No, not at all. But yeah, you're right. I feel like that's kind of where you get into. And it's almost like a, I don't know, badge of honor or something. Like, oh, yeah, I didn't get any sleep last night, but here I am. It's like, no, no, that's not how it should be. Absolutely not. And the problem we've also got is businesses are investing in well-being. And I say it's a problem because what they're doing is they're investing in well-being that is very surface level. And we're basically putting, you know, um, sticky tape all over. Yeah. We're plastering over the cracks, as the word is, isn't it? We're plastering over the cracks. We're not fixing the problem. And if we look at it, the root cause in so many situations is there is not enough sleep because we are not healing. We can't function. So actually, if we can fix the root, you've got a better chance of all the money that they're investing in all these well-being initiatives actually paying off. I remember when, and I'll never forget it, when um, my eldest was two years, eight months, and I she climbed out the cot, and we went back to two hours a night, and it was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. And I went to the doctor in, I was a shell, and I went in absolute pieces. I paid the lady who was training me to help me, because I was on one of my other courses at the time, the Holistic Sleep Coaching course. I paid yeah. her to help me with her sleep. That didn't work. I went to the doctor. They ended up putting me on anger management, or they call it CBT now, um, because I was so angry all the time. And it was I was frightened of what I was capable of. And it, it's terrifying. It's such a scary place to be. But the problem yeah. is that course didn't do anything, you know, because the root was the fact that I was getting two hours sleep a night. So we needed mm -hmm. to fix the sleep. So I then went on and did the Incredible Years course. So parenting, so toddlers, behaviors, emotions, everything like that, and really learning about children and being able to actually take that information with all of my sleep knowledge. That was how I was able to fix the problem. But I wasn't going to fix it by working on CBT and anger management or speaking to somebody because the problem was I was not sleeping. And that's the problem for so many people. We can't keep saying, oh, this is the problem. This is the problem. And spending money trying to, you know, it just doesn't work that way. What's the cause? Where's your root? Let's fix that. And then we'll work outwards. Yeah. And you mentioned um, she was like almost three years old when you're going through this, right? I feel like a lot of people, it's just kind of a lack of knowledge. If you haven't had your own kids, a lot of people think like, oh, once you've got them sleep trained when they're like, five or six months old, then it's all smooth sailing from there. Like, no, you've got so many like setbacks and phases that you go through after that. A, the, a big one is always when you have to like transition from the crib to a toddler bed. Like that is always the struggle for almost every parent that I've heard. Although my oldest like just did it fine. So I kind of was um, expecting that with my youngest one, I guess. <laughs> no, not so much. <laughs> but but yeah, it's not just infants that 
have sleep problems. Like kids go through phases. Some kids don't sleep through the night until they're nine or 10 years old. Well, interestingly, some research that with the research we did last year, one of the questions we asked was, how old was your child when you were um, safe enough to do your job? Not to do it well, just safe. Just safe. <laughs> yeah. just safe enough to do their job. 40% said their child didn't start sleeping well enough for them to function safely in their job till between 18 months and three years old. 22% that their child still wasn't sleeping post three years. Yeah. That is massive. It's absolutely unbelievable. But the thing is, where we go wrong in so many places is we are not looking after the children in the way that they need. We're not meeting the children's sleep needs. So in the UK, most parents tend to have a situation where one parent goes back to work early and then it's about babies about nine to 12 months when they start nursery full time and then the mum maybe goes back to work. Um, but what I find is nurseries aren't equipped to deal with that kind of thing. And what they do is their schedule is lunch tends to sit about 11, half past 11 and then they all have one nap after lunch. But a baby isn't developmentally ready to be on one nap till between 15 and 18 months. So if the nursery can't accommodate a baby's needs, their sleep needs, what tends to happen is mum goes back to work. And even if they were sleeping great, suddenly they're not because their needs aren't being met during the day. So their needs at night are failing and they're absolutely shattered by the time mum picks them up from nursery or dad picks them up from nursery. They're overtired. They're totally dysregulated. They're screaming, they're crying, they're either crashing to sleep at bedtime because they're exhausted um, or they're having a massive big fight and then they're up constantly through the night. And by this time, the parent thinks and the workplace think that that child should be sleeping well so they don't question it. But actually, it's, it's regressed. It's not that there's a sleep regression. The situation has caused the sleep to become dysfunctional I suppose um, and it just doesn't fit and we're not helping parents in that situation so it's just really important I think for employers and for really the world <laughs> to realize that parents struggles don't stop at you know a few months old I was just talking about this with someone else like we have parental leave um, and then a lot of employers feel like okay you're back from leave and now you should you know be back to work and everything's fine and they kind of feel like that's where the issues end <laughs> and uh no <laughs> parenting is you know 18 to life as the saying goes and you've got a lot of issues and that are still going to need attention and support from your employers like long past the the baby stages um if anything it, it might even get more complicated as they uh, get older <laughs> absolutely and i think a huge part is educating the managers as well I think one of the, the there's a, a particular statement from the research last year that will, I suppose in a way, haunt me. It always comes back because of how absolutely awful it was. This is somebody who is a manager. This is somebody managing people. And it was a woman of all things as well who actually said to this mum, how, you know, so how old are your children then? And she said two and four. And this manager said, oh, so they're old enough to look after themselves for a few hours then. I know. And you think, how is this person 
in charge of people if they cannot understand the basic functions of humanity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah gosh, no, mine are two and four. They can't even uh, watch after themselves for 30 minutes. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> as, for as <we're> learning. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So but I think this that... is the people in that in this in the environment yeah. that we're going back to work in, and fear, and the, and bec- it's because of people like this that fear is rife. So thirty three percent of parents rang in sick after they had a bad night with their child because their child had been up all night, but only seven point seven percent were able to admit the real reason why they had to ring in sick. So that's twenty five percent had to lie. Well, how does a manager, how does a business know there's a problem if quarter of them have to lie about why they're going to ring in sick? <laughs> yeah, if they don't feel comfortable telling their manager like what their problem is, like really, then yeah. they're, therein is the, the real problem. You know, they should feel safe and comfortable being able to really talk about the actual issue that's going on and the problems that they have as a parent. Um, the world is changing, no. though, and that's the way that we've got to see it. People are starting to take menopause seriously. Yeah. Finally. I haven't hit that point yet, and I've got to be honest, I'm dreading it. Parenting has been tough enough. Um, yeah. They yeah. Make Not that looking forward to it. Else. Oh, but people are taking it more seriously. Men's health, fertility. You know, actually, let's start really looking at the parenting journey a lot more and helping people during this transition because it's life-changing. It's not a little bit different or you're back to yourself. You're a totally different person after you have had a child. But it doesn't make you rubbish at what you do if you are supported. Right. Some research from Pregnant Then Screwed showed that the most productive people in a workforce are mums of two. Yes, I saw that too. That is so interesting. And I feel like it's because we know how to like get things done as quickly as possible because we can, you know, squeeze in all of the housework into a 30 minute nap. (laughs) Or in my case, I work from home and, you know, kind of set my own hours. I can get like all of my work done (laughs) that I have to do for the whole day in two hours or one 30 minute show. We have absolutely. You have to be able to multitask. You are literally making the tea while negotiating with a terrorist virtually. <laughs> That's why that is what it is negotiating with a toddler. It's, you know, no, please don't bite your sister. You know, while you you know, you're sorting everything else out all at the same time. And it you have to somehow have three different brains all working at the same time and be in so many different places and suddenly have ten arms. And fix everybody's problems. Um, yeah. And you're supposed to find time to self-care. You know? <laughs> like, ugh. well, no, well, I think we could probably go on forever about this, but we'll, we'll cut it off there. Uh, if people want to learn more about you or, you know, your sleep specialist, um, your courses, your services, where should they look? They can head over to nicoleratcliffe.co.uk. So it's N-I-C-O-L-E. R-A-T-C-L-I-S-S-E dot co dot E-K. And we will also be getting, launching, well, we are doing it today, I think, um, a new research, some new research. We are investigating the impact of family-friendly employers on the employee well-being. 
So we are going to get that out. We're looking for a massive pool of participants to tell us what their businesses are doing that are good, the bad, the ugly, so we can start building a really great picture of what a really good employer looks like, something that everybody can aspire to be. So it would be great. So we'll hopefully we'll have this research coming out uh, in the near future as well. I love that. And I will make sure that the links to all of that is in the show notes and that we share it far and wide so you can get as many people participating as possible. And thank you again. This has been a wonderful chat. And thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take just a moment to leave a rating in your podcast player and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, take care.